Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. This is BRN Weekly for Saturday, February 24th, 2024. And our top story today, NVIDIA makes Wall Street history. Joining me now, substituting for the illustrious Jane King, Joya Das is back. She's from the Women's Leadership Lab. Joya, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thank you for having me. Happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday. And and um, it's so great to talk to you. And, and before we get into the market, and there's a lot going on, I want to talk about NVIDIA, the Magnificent Seven, not the movie. But I want to ask you about the Women's Leadership Lab, which is another thing that you focus on a lot of your time on. How, how's that going? And what's what's going on with uh, women's leadership? You know, for 27 years, I've covered the markets from the floor of the stock exchange. And about 12 years ago, I started my business. So two of them were running at the same time. But it came to an inflection point where I wanted and welcomed the challenge of building my own business versus just talking about other people's businesses. So today, I'm really taking all of my journalism and helping women to tell better stories about themselves, whether it's on a stage in a TED Talk, whether it's laying ground for a promotion, whether they just want to build a branded talk so they can get more clients. That is what I'm focusing on when I'm not doing television full-time anymore. Yeah. And, and how's that going? I mean, are, are you seeing a lot of people uh, doing a great job in turn, taking your leadership and really in, infusing that yeah. into their own presentations? I mean, I've had women who got two promotions for the two years they've worked with me. I've got women who've gotten clients that, in a way that they haven't been able to even be able to tell their own story and get clients before. So for me, my success is in their success when they're able to land those first clients because of their storytelling. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's great. And we, we certainly appreciate you coming on that. Those are great stories we'd love to hear. Now, if you don't yeah. mind, let's transition into kind of what you've done for a long, long time, which is talk about okay. some of these, the stock market and other businesses. NVIDIA had an amazing week on Thursday. I think historically, no other firm has come close to uh, the appreciation in their market cap. I want to get your reaction to that. You know, I was listening to an analyst explain this yesterday in really layman's terms. When you look at all the other chip makers that are in the market, AMD, um, Taiwan Semiconductor, the, all the other players in the market, the reason that NVIDIA is so far ahead is because imagine you've got a little surface area, which is the transit, which is the semiconductor chip that powers your computer. Most semiconductor makers can maybe put 100 transistors onto that chip. Where NVIDIA is ahead is that they're put, putting 200 transistors onto one chip. So that means now your computer can move so much faster. And if you think about like the AI generated um, video capabilities that are now coming to market because of Sora, your computer is gonna need that much more juice to turn those things out in seconds. And so NVIDIA has a good six months to a year lead ahead of its competitors because of the ability to make that kind of chip with the 200 horsepower in it. So yesterday was a blockbuster day for the company. They had a really strong earnings uh, report card. They had a really strong outlook. And um, gosh, I mean, you take a look at the stock, it's already hit $800. If you look at where that was a couple of years ago, it hurts my heart that I didn't invest in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a lot of us, I wish I got in on Apple, not to change the subject, but I wish I got into Apple back in 1977. Of course, I was five and I didn't really have any money. Uh, Joya, let's, <laughs> let's expand the conversation a little bit. And you mentioned artificial intelligence, and that has really elevated uh the the mag i'm gonna call them the mag seven i don't want to because mag seven yeah. magnificent seven to me is the movie with yul brenner so that's always going to be the magnificent seven but the mag seven in all seriousness alphabet nvidia meta so many others 
they are riding this artificial intelligence wave. Well, I mean, if you think again, let's go back to NVIDIA. If you think about where the spending power is right now, it's the metas of the world. It's the Amazons of the world that are throwing their financial muscle. And when you look at NVIDIA's playbook of who is buying their chips, who is buying their AI-driven technology, it's the folks in the Mag 7. The other storyline that I think is interesting this week is that I know that Walgreens dropped out of the Dow Jones Industrial Average and Amazon got put in. So you can already sort of see the tea leaves, right? Our, our economy at some point had an inflection point and became, went from manufacturing to service. And now we're at another critical inflection point where it seems like we're moving from service to tech, right? And now you're seeing evidence of that as, as to who makes up the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And just to kind of carry it forward, every firm, whether you're a healthcare organization, a manufacturing company, even broadcasting, I guess, they could replace uh, anchors and do voiceovers and things like that with, or, or even create video. Um, they're all looking at how to, how to infuse generative AI into their business practices, which means, I guess, greater productivity. And ultimately, greater productivity usually equates to greater productivity. I was at a panel discussion uh, this week for Black History Month, and it was all founders and business people from the wine industry. Now, the wine industry is, you know, as legacy as it gets. Even they were talking about how they're leveraging AI in order to be able to play in the marketplace. And two of the ideas it presented was, number one, creating a chatbot or, uh, sorry, a chat GPT dedicated to champagne. Everything that you ever wanted to know about champagne inside of this person's custom GPT that she's built. And then another um panelists talked about, you know, AR and VR, being able to walk the fields of Bordeaux because you're wearing an Oculus while sipping a Bordeaux, but never having to leave your couch. You know, so those are two ways that the wine industry is thinking about playing in this space. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And then uh, I've got to go, Joy, but just a funny fact, uh, a, lot of, a lot of viewers who love wine are familiar with The Wine Advocate, who, which was started by Robert Parker. His wife, Mademoiselle Parker, taught me French in middle school. So at, in Baltimore, Maryland. So uh, funny, fun fact there. Joya, always great to oui, see oui. you. Yeah, bonjour. Uh, anyway, I've forgotten it all. Joya, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Joya. Great to see you. Thanks for sharing your perspective. And when we come back, we'll take a look at some of our best segments for the week. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN Weekly. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 
33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Welcome back. It was another great week of great shows with great topics and, of course, great guests. We kicked off the week with a look at the U.S. sustainable fund landscape in 2024. Let's take a look. Well, I can tell you it has been nothing short of entertaining uh, to keep an eye on this landscape over the past few years. Uh, it's been quite a roller coaster ride. So uh, as of, you know, as we're entering into 2024, I think we're at a little bit of an inflection point here. Uh, sustainable funds underperformed conventional peers in 2022, and then they saw some pretty significant outflows in 2023. That was their first year of outflows uh, in at least a decade. Uh, and going back farther than that doesn't really make sense given how the landscape has evolved over the past five years. Uh, but today, you know, sustainable funds still have more than 300 billion in assets in them at the end of 2023. It's still a sizable uh, group of funds and investors that are looking to invest sustainably. So I think coming into 2024, investors maybe still have some questions about the difference between ESG, sustainability, impact, uh, but they're a lot more knowledgeable than they were a couple of years ago and the space has become more sophisticated. Um, and so I think this year will be an interesting point to better define what these funds are doing and understand the role that they play in a performance-oriented portfolio. The market is definitely maturing. So the timeline you know, that you're referencing in 2019 is when we really started to see flows pick up into sustainable funds. And then over the next couple of years, 2020, 2021, 20, well, not, I think, yeah, even in 2022, sustainable funds collected more in terms of uh, the organic growth rate. They did better than their conventional peers uh, at collecting net inflows. So 2023 was the first time in recent history that that trend reversed. Conventional peers actually saw inflows, sustainable funds saw outflows. And so that does, rec um, you know, that does reflect some maturity in the market and maybe some changing sentiment compared to where we were a few years ago. But like you're saying, uh, those 13 billion in outflows were still fairly minor compared to the overall assets of the market. So it's not as though we're seeing everybody that poured into these funds over the past couple of years suddenly running for the exits. But in terms sure. of the overall conversation about sustainable investing, uh, we're definitely seeing higher focus on institutional mandates uh, in terms of especially the backlash. Um, so different politicians or public figures that want to push back on institutions using ESG factors in their investment strategies is something that we've been watching. Um, that being said, when we looked at the 2023 breakdown, uh, if I recall correctly, institutional investors were actually a bit more 
moderate in their flows in 2023. And most of the outflows that we saw were actually coming from the retail share classes. We break this down by share classes, not by specific investors, but um, in terms of sort of the broad direction of things, what we saw in 2023 was more a story of retail investors than institutional. Next up, we discussed how U.S. public pensions funds may be susceptible to market volatility. Let's take a look. So local and state plans have been doing pretty well in recent years. Um, investments have been quite volatile, but uh, in 2021, public plans saw a huge run-up in the asset values uh, following the pandemic, following that initial market meltdown in the pandemic. And uh, plans in 2023 are seeing some, some plans are doing quite well, depending on their year end. Uh, those plans that will uh, report results for December 2023 will do as well as the markets have done, um, you know, with significant upticks in valuations. But it's been a volatile couple of years for everybody on the market, and that's why we wrote the piece. Public pensions are big market participants, and so they're going to be exposed to the movements in the market that all of those actors are, the endowments, the 401k plans that private sector workers have. Uh, they're going to see the ups and downs, but the implications for public pensions are meaningful for the budgets of state and local governments. So to the extent that, that public plans show weakness in a downturn, uh, the governments that uh, employ those workers are going to need to increase contributions. And that's one of the things we wanted to highlight. We incorporate pension information into every one of our state and local government rating analyses. And we look at unfunded pensions as essentially being the equivalent of debt. They're long-term obligations of governments for their own workers, for their own retirees, and they will have to be paid using the cash resources of the government over time. Most governments have decided over the course of decades to essentially build up savings accounts in trust funds to support those retirees once they reach retirement age. But many, many of them have large unfunded liabilities in these pension plans, and that poses risks for the government. So. We track the unfunded liabilities, and we also track what they have to pay annually to, to reduce those liabilities. And in some cases, it's a big number. We, we essentially view a retirement obligation as something that is uh, the equivalent of, of debt, the same debt that's used to build roads and schools and, and uh, bridges. Well, certainly great segments. I want to thank all of our great contributors this week. And that wraps up this episode of BRN Weekly. Have a topic of interest. Somebody you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more at all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow for BRN Sunday. We'll be joined by the Legal Eagles to help give us a framework of what's happening on Capitol Hill and a lot more in retirement. And then Oliver Rennick of the Schwab Network will be here to help break down economics to markets for the week. You won't want to miss it. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. And don't forget, roll with the changes.
Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.